It's great to have you joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you in April of 2023 from Atlanta in the Muscogee Creek Territory in the Piedmont region in the foothills of the Appalachia Mountain Range. Today, we're going to be talking about how to end inappropriate and cruel postings of non-human animals on social media platforms, whether those are posts that use fellow animals as entertainers and performers, or those that feature people teasing or scaring animals, or showcasing wild animal species as pets and dressing them up in costumes, or taking selfies with captive wild animal individuals, or eating live animals, or torturing or abusing animals, or glorifying the hunting of them, or posting fake rescues just to get clicks. On today's show, we'll focus especially on the social media posting issues featuring wild animal species, and what's the most constructive thing to do when we encounter these inappropriate and harmful posts, and hint, it involves reporting the post to flag it, but without any engagement and comments on the post itself so we don't inadvertently make it more popular. To explain all this, our guest is Nicola O'Brien of the group Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition. In 2020, members of the Asia for Animals Coalition formed the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition, also known as SMAC, with the aim of bringing organizations together to collaborate with social media platforms in order to end the ava availability, spread, and profitability of cruelty content and to ensure that there are no benefits to the creation or promotion of cruelty content, whether that cruel content is obvious or ambiguous, intentional or unintentional. Their website has a lot of resources and a way to report inappropriate animal postings. And the website is smackcoalition.com. And that's spelled S-M-A-C coalition.com. Our guest is Nicola O'Brien. After 20 years of campaigning and fundraising on a wide range of animal protection issues, including zoos, circuses, fishing, wild animals, companion animals, and more, Nicola O'Brien now leads the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition. Nicola's work focuses on bringing together animal NGOs and the general public to tackle animal cruelty content online. This includes extensive corporate engagement with social media platforms like Meta and YouTube, alongside public awareness campaigning. Nicola also sits on the board of trustees for the UK registered small animal charity, Tiny Paws. Nicola previously worked as interim director of the UK animal rights NGO, Freedom for Animals, which, include, which included managing the UK's first ever campaign advocating for the rights of animals kept in commercial aquariums. Welcome, Nicola. Hey, thanks for having me. Nicola, first, let me thank you and your organization for taking on this monumental issue. Just from looking at your website and the examples there of animal cruelty, I know it must be emotionally hard work. Yes. Um, obviously, myself, having been in animal welfare, animal rights world for a while, you, saw, you think you've seen it all. <laughs> you think you've seen all the different ways that humans can exploit animals. But unfortunately looking at some of this content that's created, you know, there's things I've never seen before, ranging from the most horrific graphic violence through to content that might seem more benign, but actually there's a great deal of animal suffering in the background. And yeah, it, it it's tough, but as with all animal advocacy, we've just got to try and do our best to make change. Right. And in terms of social media postings, kind of like you were saying, most of us know overt cruelty when we see it, like if we see someone hitting or yelling or physically hurting an animal, and that may receive more widespread outcry and it's more likely to be removed from social media platforms. 
But what are the main types of social media postings of human to non-human animal interactions that you find a lot of social media users may not immediately recognize as problematic and harmful postings? Yeah, so I'd say the great majority of content that involves wild animals, and that can be in a captive, but also a wild setting. So the thing with animal captivity is generally, if you see any content where an animal is clearly in a domestic setting or not free in the wild, there's got to be a question straight away there around, well, why is that in the best interest of that animal? Why should they be there? Because, of course, they're wild animals. And this is where the content can be quite difficult because someone might see a piece of content and think, oh, look, you know, the animal appears happy. They, they're fine. They're being potentially cared for by their owner if they're being kept as a pet. Or, you know, maybe they, the footage shows them being rescued and um, taken into someone's care. And so just looking at that video in itself, it can be quite hard to see the obvious cruelty um, in terms of, you know, if it's not got violence or clear suffering, that's really tricky for people. So the main categories that we put this into is wild animals being kept as pets, because this covers such a huge uh, range of suffering for the animals from the point that they're being caught in the wild or being bred into um, a, an industry where they're sold as objects for the life that they're living in, in someone's home most of the time then their needs are not going to be met and then further to that we see them being treated like humans a lot of the time so being dressed up in clothes or fed human food and again that's completely inappropriate to these wild animals that don't behave in that way or don't need that kind of you know clothing and eating ice creams it's just not suited to right. those animals um the other great uh, area as i mentioned um is around where content shows animals being rescued from a situation in the wild and it's portrayed as okay you know the animals may be stuck under a rock and we've just happened upon them and we want to rescue them but in reality that unfortunately is often staged because the creators of this content know that people like to watch happy rescue stories of animals so there's this growing trend of these videos being created people watching them supporting them thinking it's good but actually that animal's been put in that situation to be taken from the wild and used as a prop in social media content um, and then as you mentioned just before Carrie around uh, wildlife selfies again it's something that isn't just on social media you know it's something when people go on holiday they might see opportunities where animals are being offered to um, you know, to stand and have your photo taken with them as a, as a souvenir from your holiday, but again, yeah. for that image, there's so much suffering that's gone on behind the scenes. And why is the animal there? How are they being controlled? And with all of these things I've just mentioned, this is being put on social media and it's being normalised. And people don't, you know, again, it it's really hard to understand it in say a thirty second video or a quick photo that you're looking at to really see what's gone on behind the scenes for that animal. Right. And I, um, I wanted to get a little deeper into some of these examples that you've just mm. given. Like, could you tell us more about these fake rescues? Because I think I could be easily fooled by that. 
So I don't know if you can also help us understand how we could see through that, because everybody wants to see anyone being rescued and helped. And like we sure. like to support notions of general goodwill and charity. So how can mm-hmm. we what are some examples? I guess people are trying are some people setting things up because they're trying to monetize this? I don't even understand the concept. Sure. So, yes, what the reason this came to our attention is because we started to see a particular theme throughout this content. So generally what we're finding is a situation where there's a monkey, for example, and they will be being attacked by a really large snake, like a boa constrictor. And Mm -hmm. the footage is being filmed um, by the person and they're watching this happen. And then maybe half a minute, minute later, a human will appear in the frame and rescue the monkey from this snake. Now, in itself, that might look like a genuine rescue, but we are seeing these similar types of scenarios involving different animals, but again, being attacked by a snake. There's generally one animal that's almost like the baddie, and then there's another animal that is the one that needs rescuing. But you can see the same pattern, and sometimes you can even see that it's the same animals that are being used again and again Mm. in these really similar videos. But Again, that can be hard to see if you're only seeing one at a time. But what we do tell people to do is, first of all, look at what information is being offered. Because if it's a real rescue, it's generally being posted by a rescue organization. Or if it's been shared, then that organization is usually tagged or mentioned somewhere in the video. And there's hopefully some more information around well what's happened to the animal after this situation or Uh. how did they get in that in that situation but most of the time when we see these fake videos being shared there's none of that context at all it's just about the action in the video to get people's engagement and likes and another thing is if you can click on the account that shared it or is mentioned in the video you can often see that there will be multiples of oh, these videos. So that's YouTube... their thing. Like they, yeah. So they constantly create these scenarios. It's not a random act of goodwill. Exactly. And very recently, we found a new kind of theme emerging, which was around um, turtles that had barnacles stuck to their shells. And mm. in the rescue video, they're being taken out of the water and the barnacles are being removed with a knife by the rescuer. Now, if you look at this, these accounts, this is all they post, just the same scenario again and again. Different videos, so definitely you know, happening more than once, but there's just this is all that they seem to share. And actually, when we were looking at the species of, of turtle that was being used, we believe they are in fact a freshwater species that had been put in that scenario. So in seawater and had these barnacles glued to them to make oh. it look like they were being rescued. You know, oh, so God. that took yeah. us to sort of question, actually, what is that species? Would they even live in the sea? You know, but that's not always obvious on the onset. But we knew to look deeper because this account had so many of these right. videos often just small clues you know maybe you can see the person's t-shirt and you can see it's the same every time Mm -hmm. things like that yeah and as you mentioned you know a big question really is why 
why do people create this content? Um, and one of the things that we've also found is that there's money to be made on social media. Right. As we know from influencers and brands, you know, using social media, as well as getting engagement on your posts, you can also make money through advertising. And one of our member organizations, Lady Freethinker, was based in the US, did look at around 2,000 videos on YouTube alone and estimated that those in a year, those videos could have made around $12 million. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And would have made even more for YouTube themselves. And what's, you know, so that's the incentive. If you can get people watching your videos, commenting, liking, sharing, it's going to generate revenue for you. And therefore it makes the exploitation of animals to create content profitable. And so this is one of our main concerns, you know, they should not be making money off this type of thing. And that gets me to, to kind of a, what, what can we do situation? Because our first instincts would be to post a negative comment and an attempt to sanction the post or to educate others and recognize that this behavior is problematic. But I know your organization says that engaging at all with the social media posts will only make them more popular or profitable. So explain what we should why we should restrain ourselves or or what we should do instead. Yeah, completely. Because again, if we think about how social media works, it's all about engagement. And social media companies on the whole don't differentiate between what is a negative or a positive form of engagement. So if you're putting an angry emoji, it's the same as putting a thumbs up. Mm. If you're putting a negative comment, even though maybe you're trying to say, look, this is fake, this is animal abuse, you know, don't watch this. To the algorithms, which is what it's made of, it doesn't matter. It's just somebody engaging with that piece of content. So it could be that if we as animal advocates are going on to content and adding to that engagement, we could be boosting the reach of that content, which could also mean that helping the perpetrators make money off the content because that's how how it works. Right. So we really are trying to ask people to stay away, to not feed into that process and instead use the tools that are available to flag this content as being problematic. So all of the social media platforms um, have some way of reporting content particularly the big ones you know like youtube meta twitter tiktok and so we ask people to report it because part of what smack does is we have relationships with a range of the social media platforms and we know that they do monitor what kinds of topics themes are being reported And we want them to see that animal welfare issues is, you know, an an area that has got a lot of interest. People are concerned and people are prepared to to take action on it by reporting it to them. That's good. Um, Yeah. And we do, you know, we'll I'm sure many of your listeners will also have had this experience. But on those occasions when perhaps you have reported content you might not always get a positive outcome. 
So you might report something and then have a report later that says, you know, this didn't violate our, con our community guidelines. So it can feel quite frustrating. But at the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition, we have been monitoring the, the, the content that we report and looking at the results. And in fact, we find that almost 50% of the content that we reported has eventually been removed. Unfortunately, oh, wow. yeah, so that's actually, that surprised us really. And we think that has improved, which we like to think is because we've been so on it with the social media platforms, we've been escalating it, bringing it to their attention. And we have been really promoting, you know, please report anything you find. And I think that the reality is, even if you get a negative response that says, you know, we haven't removed this content, it can sometimes take multiple reports. It can sometimes therefore take days, weeks or months before that's removed. And that isn't good enough, yeah. you know, completely. It should be removed straight away. But it still all adds to the eventual removal of these videos. And it really helps us in our conversations with the platforms when we're trying to convince them that this content is not OK and needs to be removed. So it is the number one thing. Do not engage with the content and report it to the platforms. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. I'm host Carrie Freeman talking about how we as social media users can help get animal cruelty content off social media and to know it when we see it and to avoid inadvertently promoting it by trying to critique it through engagement. Our guest is Nicola O'Brien from the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition. Their acronym is SMAC. Their website for reporting inappropriate animal postings is smackcoalition.com spelled smaccoalition.com. Um, and Nicola, what does the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition do when people report a concern on your website? And in general, what do you do to help get cruel and inappropriate content removed from the, or like policies updated? Because I know you do, um, you know, I guess people can report cruelty directly to the platforms, which is what you're saying. Or they can also go to your site and, and post it on there maybe additionally. So I know you're dealing with those individual reports, but I know that your organization is also kind of working behind the scenes with um, the big social media platform owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So whilst we do say to people, you know, the best course of action is don't engage with the content and report it to the platform themselves. The next thing we ask people to do is to report it to us. And there is a form available on our website where you can just basically put the URL and that feeds into our database. And we use this database to gather a picture of what kinds of content are available. But also, you know, we can break that down into different themes. So maybe the more extreme violence towards animals, but we've also capturing themes like the fake rescue videos, the wild animals as pets. And we can also then look at the animals that are being used. So one of the findings from our research is that the vast majority of animals that we're finding are actually primates, often mm -hmm. monkeys being kept as pets. And this it can be kept as pets. They can be interfered with in the wild for like wildlife, wildlife selfies and videos. And then also, unfortunately, there are some people that want to abuse primates quite severely. So, you know, our research has shown us that and that is something then we can use in our conversations with the platforms. And 
the way that these conversations go is that we go with the aim of the platforms improving their policies because at the moment most of them have wording against animal cruelty but it's very very vague there's no specifics and it generally focuses on more of the physical abuse to animals you know it's not capturing psychological there's nothing about psychological suffering when you're talking about wild animals being you know teased by members of the public so that they can be filmed when they're in the wild Mm. or they're being kept as animals and dressed up in human clothing and you know made to ride on bicycles or pretend that they're going shopping so they can be filmed like you know this is all having a psychological impact on that animal and it can be a long time building up and intensifying like the longer they're kept in that situation and at the moment there's no recognition of that at all by any of the social media platforms Oh, none of them so if we tried to say if we tried to report like a wild animal selfie picture or like these or people dressing up um monkeys in in dresses or something that wouldn't that none of that would get removed unless the policies change so that's one of the things that you're saying we could when we're trying to flag content is that we're saying the psychological harm or Mm -hmm. and what i what not only is it psychologically damaging to that to those individuals perhaps who are in the pictures but i think the larger issue is that it's promoting this behavior in the wider society it's saying to us oh wouldn't it be cute to have a monkey or a squirrel Mm -hmm. as a pet or like, oh, I want a picture with a tiger, you know, like, look how pretty they are. So yeah. isn't it more also that w- that this perpetuates bad behavior for humans? And that's, mm-hmm. I think, the bigger issue. Yes, absolutely. And that is a huge concern for us because, again, social media, we all know the influence it has on people and society. And it's where people nowadays can you know, find out the latest product or clothes or whatever it is. And unfortunately, the latest wild animal to have as a pet is being promoted in the same way. You know, people are being exposed to species of animal that they've probably never heard of, but someone has set up a cute account for their, you know, slow loris or bush baby who are just absolutely adorable and they're being dressed in clothes and it's normalised it seems like it's just an easy thing to do and maybe they don't require a lot of care. And it never discusses the points I mentioned earlier around how did the animal get there? Can right. their needs be met? Is this appropriate? And again, and what... it's supporting a trade in those yeah. animals who were maybe getting stolen from the wild or just an awful kind of a breeding situation. Yeah. You're like a whole kind of pet trade is is forming around this because of these videos it's 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 interesting because a lot of times people we may be thinking like i like animals they like animals mm-hmm. you know so the, that's the deceiving part but we're yes. not doing these animals a favor and so if they are a non-domesticated species we should not be taking pictures where we are with them or doing anything to control them i would say is the policy as opposed to just seeing them in a park and taking their picture from a distance or something that's different yeah it's completely different yeah and 
the challenge that we have is convincing the platforms that that is the right position to take. And I would say that we are having some progress with some of the platforms, but I would say it would probably be a very, very long time before we see them taking an overarching principle around human interactions with wild animals, unfortunately, because out there in the world, there are so many people that still think it's okay to have wild animals as pets and it's a business and it's people's right. And, you know, so we're trying, animal groups have been trying for a long time and will continue to change that narrative and to tackle the wildlife trade. And social media is unfortunately just boosting this industry and making that more challenging so yeah one of the things that um has been employed by tiktok at least um, working more on the wildlife trade side of things is if they are endangered species they will flag certain messages to users so you know there are some avenues and that's the sort of thing that we're talking to tiktok about around more to do with animal cruelty so it's still really early you know this is quite a modern phenomena yeah you know but so there is hope and you know this is another reason why we want people to keep doing those actions of not engaging with content but reporting it to the platforms and reporting it to us because it all feeds into these conversations to try and make this change and as a wrap-up question, uh, really quick, for listeners who are interested in helping uh, SMAC make institutional change with social media platform executives, what kinds of things can they do? Yeah, so this, I will admit, is a tough one because um, there isn't just one email address we can all support, you know, send emails to. But we do have um, a few petitions on our website, which we SMAC is made up of lots of different organizations working on this issue. So we do host some of their petitions and some of these we're hoping to hand into Meta in particular very soon. So you can support those petitions. Um, I think the biggest thing we need from people now is to learn to recognize the content, do the reporting and also educate other people. So we do have uh, some um videos on how to report on each of the different platforms because they don't always make it easy to find the right option okay Um, how that's good so you can share we can share that information with our friends and networks of how to report and what to report yes and there's also some videos called ask yourself which are prompts to help people question what it is they're seeing in content you know to help guide them in looking for clues of of how to identify that actually maybe this isn't okay and and shouldn't be on social media. Well, that's the end of our show, but I want to thank you, Nicola O'Brien, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Thanks for the important work you're doing at the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition to raise awareness about what types of social media postings pose a problem for non-human animals, individuals, and letting us know what we can do to get these posts removed and platform policies reformed to protect other animal species. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, hope everyone has learned something and can help animals today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com slash intune to nature. 
The views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman, asking you to please support independent non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species, whether it's online or in your own neighborhood. Thank you for listening. Cheers. <laughs>